This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets Podcast. Turn on the Jets Podcast. And now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, we're going to do a quick Twitter mailbag answering some of your questions from over the weekend. If you haven't had a chance yet, make sure to listen to Thursday's episode with Dalvin Osario, where we go through the top 10 free agent targets for the New York Jets this offseason. Uh, and also check out Friday's very special, very non-Jets episode featuring Chris Saletti, where we break down the Sopranos for a solid hour. That was a fun one. Nice little uh, change of pace before all the madness of the offseason really kicks into high gear. As a reminder, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. Helps with our searchability and all that good stuff. Podcast is also available on Spotify, Google Play, and TurnOnTheJets.com, uh, where I recently published an article breaking down the state of the New York Jets wide receiver position. Uh, we'll have another 12-pack dropping sooner rather than later about the current state of the roster, uh, and we'll be back into our normal rhythm of publishing with the podcast with Thursday episodes and probably occasional Saturday episodes too if there's any big news or to do a couple more mailbags here or there. Uh, all right, so I'm going to jump into some of the different questions I got this weekend, probably do about 25 minutes, a mix of scouting combine, NFL draft, and free agency. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, which is something is kind of an aggregation of a lot of different questions that I got over the weekend about DK Metcalf coming out of his performance at the scouting combine, uh, obviously turned a ton of heads when a guy that size runs that fast. Uh, I don't think that it's going to be a surprise to anybody that he ends up being the consensus top-ranked receiver in this class, which is a, a pretty interesting group. Uh, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't call it top-heavy, but I think there's pretty good depth, and you could get good value for this class, uh, particularly early in day two. I think with Metcalf, look, you can't ignore the measurables. You can't ignore the athleticism. I still do not necessarily think he is a guy I would take third overall. And my concerns with him are a few things. I think the injury history, particularly when you're talking about a neck injury, uh, is problematic and concerning for a guy that you're going to invest in that high. I think even knowing that his production was somewhat limited because of his injury history, the production is still concerning. It doesn't really jump off the page, particularly when there are other players in that offense who had comparable, if not better, production than him. Also, when you dig a little deeper into that, the lack of output uh, when they play LSU, when they play Alabama, teams that are going to be heavy on NFL caliber players. He did have one big play against Bama last year. I think it was a 75-yard touchdown real real early in the game. But beyond that, in his other three games, two against LSU and one against Alabama, really didn't do anything uh, and compounded a lot of his production uh, against his team's lesser opponents. Also, three-cone and shuttle drill were you know, not great. Uh, didn't really jump off the page. And those are really important for a receiver uh, in terms of getting in and out of your breaks and diversifying your route tree overall. Now, look, he catches the football very well. He attacks the ball at the highest point. He has unmatched athleticism. I still don't think he is a good value add at three. I think, look, if they trade down particularly more into like the middle of the first round in that 12 to 14 range, uh, I think he could be somebody that they look at. I think after some of the dust settles and everyone takes a breath for the scouting combine, I'm curious to see where he is regularly mocked to. But at three, no, I'm not 
I don't think he's a guy I would pull the trigger on at three right now. I st- I feel like I'm a little bit on an island right now in that I'm more than comfortable taking Jonah Williams or Josh Allen third overall. And I know Allen a little more popular than Jonah, but I I think both of them. It's not the best best situation, but I think both of them are strong value in this class and fill major needs for this team. Now, uh, a lot of people are pushing for Quentin Williams if he's there at three. For me, I, I don't disagree that you can make a case that Quentin Williams is a better overall prospect than Josh Allen or Jonah Williams. I think it comes down to how much of a better prospect and how you evaluate him overall. Do you evaluate him as a generational prospect who's the next Aaron Donald and is a surefire all-pro like a Miles Garrett or an Andrew Luck or uh, a Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa when, when they were coming out? I don't think he's that level uh, of prospect. Um, I think he reminds me of maybe a 5% better than a guy like Sheldon Richardson when he came out. And Sheldon Richardson... You know, I know the perception of him is not great right now. When he came out, he was defensive rookie of the year. He really should have been a second-team all-pro guy at least his second year. And I just, with how the Jets have been trying, failing, and building uh, to compound interior defensive linemen up front, particularly if they're going to stay in the 3-4, I don't have a problem going Josh Allen or Jonah Williams instead. That could be wrong. Maybe Quinton Williams is actually the next Aaron Donald, and maybe the Leonard Williams, Quentin Williams combination in this 3-4 makes that much more of an impact than Sheldon and Wilkerson did together or Wilkerson and Williams or Richardson and Williams and all the other combinations that they threw together. I just don't know in this league with how things are changing and evolving, how you continue uh, to ignore adding speed off the edge and how you continue to ignore the offense. But we'll see how that shakes out. I think the Jets are in an interesting spot at three uh, and hopefully are going to be looking and considering all trade-down options. And actually, the first question I want to dive into uh, from Michael Parsons kind of is about that. It's basically, if a team offered you a trade for the third overall pick, that was more than we gave for the Colts last year, but we had to do it before the draft. Would you? And what would your reaction be if Bosa did fall to three and we traded out of that pick before the draft? So look, I think it's not likely, but there's a puncher's chance that Bosa's going to be there at three, and I think that's the best-case scenario for the Jets, and you take him and don't think twice about it. Um, I think their primary goal, working under the assumption that Bosa won't be there, is going to be to trade back. They have so many needs to fill that, you know, you want to get more dart throws. You want to take more shots. And can you get a good package from a quarterback desperate team? Maybe. I think that's the challenge for the Jets over these next couple of months, or not even a couple of months at this point, less than two months, uh, to figure out if they could find a way to execute that and maybe trade back seven or eight spots and take Jonah Williams or Greedy, William, Greedy Williams or uh, um, maybe Metcalf if he ends up being there. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they could do that and then also add a couple more mid-round swings because right now they don't have a second-round pick uh, because of the Sam Darnold trade for last year, although they do have two third-round picks. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question from Will at not since 69. Am I wrong in not wanting Ansa or Fowler? Fowler for a lack of production on quality front seven teams and Ansa for his inconsistency or being an all-or-nothing player. Can't see these guys being a main guy in a defense. Uh, no, I think your concerns are really valid, and I think this is coming out of some reports we heard over the weekend the Jets were really narrowing their focus into these two. I think you know, the problem with addressing pass rusher and free agency is that 
you know, two, three, four months ago, everyone's saying, this is great. The Jets have $100 million in cap space. Demarcus Lawrence will be out there. D. Ford, uh, Frank Clark, Judavion Clowney. Most of these guys don't hit the market. Uh, even Brandon Graham just got signed to an extension. The market thins out really quick at pass rusher. When you look at Ansa, he's a guy who's about to be 30. Uh, two of the past three years has four or less sacks. Struggled with injuries last year. I just think that's a big buyer's beware. I think with Fowler, at least, you're banking on him about to be entering his prime. He's only 24. Uh, he has had less production than you'd like to see considering the situations he's been in. Uh, and also, he's had some off-field problems and some locker room problems to boot, which I think is the last thing the Jets probably want to bring in right now for a guy who is in a top, top-tier player. And Fowler hasn't been that yet. You know, he was a top-three pick, which is why there's a little more buzz around his name. If he wasn't a top-three pick, you know, he's more of kind of a little above being just a guy because he has, you know, some unique athletic traits. But he's not, in my mind, the kind of guy you want to commit guaranteed long-term money to, three, four-year contracts. If you want to give him sort of a prove-it deal, uh, something that's more condensed to one or two years, I suppose that's reasonable considering the market. I'd still rather see them sign Trey Flowers or Preston Smith. I, I just worry about investing a massive, massive deal on a guy like Fowler, who's never cracked double-digit sacks and uh, you know, disappears for stretches of games. And that was with pl- playing with a really talented Jacksonville front and then playing with the best front in the NFL with the Rams. So I think those are valid concerns uh, before you consider investing in either of those two guys. But there's not a lot of great options out there. Uh, you know, that pass rush market really pared down very quickly. Uh, next question from George Lopez at G. Lopez, 1995. Thoughts on Tyler Eifert? Would like him as a low-risk signing. Look, I've been talking about this a lot, about the importance of adding a second tight end behind Chris Herndon. I think it's potentially just as important as adding a capable third receiver to this offense, particularly when there's a weak free agent class out there, a receiver. You need to have two tight ends who could be difference makers and give you the flexibility to move Chris Herndon around the formation and help fill some of the void that you have at receiver. So Jordan Jordan Leggett, Eric Tomlinson, those guys aren't cutting it. I think you look at an Eifert who, if healthy, uh, has been one of the more productive tight ends in the NFL. If not, you want something a little safer, a Jesse James, a Tyler Croft. Demetrius Demetrius Harris is an interesting buy-low option from the Chiefs. Really good size and athleticism. Obviously, he doesn't get a ton of targets in a very crowded offense. I think he could potentially be a really nice upgrade that you could get on a more than affordable deal. But the Jets have to make another addition there. And it might come in the NFL draft. This is a really talented draft at the tight end position. So, you know, with how NFL offenses are set up these days, there's no reason that if you don't feel good about who your third receiver is, if you're going to go three wide, because the Jets are really thin at that position right now, you can't load up on formations that have two tight ends out there and direct more of your targets to the middle of the field and to them. So I think Eifert's definitely a reasonable person for them to be looking at. From Mac Neil Babbitt at Dre Jacks BX. If McCagnan strikes out again in the draft, I think he'll be replaced at season's end. I think it's going to be a little more nuanced than that. I think it's going to be how he handles the entire offseason. I think it's going to be hard to evaluate how the 2019 draft does by the end of this season. You may have some hints, but you're not going to really have a concrete answer. I think he just needs to be much more improved in free agency. I think we everyone seems to have a short memory that the Jets 
had a hundred million in cap space last year too, and they signed Tremaine Johnson. That has not worked to date. They signed Spencer Long. They've cut him already. He's on Buffalo. They signed Terrell Pryor. They've cut him already. They signed Isaiah Crowell, who's likely to be cut, is depending on how the offseason plays out. They signed Avery Williamson, who's been good. Uh, that has really been the sort of the shining signing from that offseason, but that's an inside linebacker, right? So, you know, Avery Williamson's not a pro baller. He's not an all pro. He's a good player at a low impact position. And that is kind of like the totality of what they added. Uh, with their quote-unquote bigger swings. Now, they did you know, find some nice special teams pieces, of course, with Andre Roberts and Jason Myers, but obviously you want to find more help at critical positions on offense and defense, particularly the offensive line. So they have a lot of money to spend. They have a young quarterback in place. They got to go build this offensive line. They got to add playmakers, and they got to find a way to get some help a corner and pass rusher. I think after all that, they need to really candidly evaluate where this team is at because in today's NFL, going a half decade, five full years without making the playoffs, I think is inexcusable. Uh, I think it's one thing if this team goes ten and six next year and misses the playoffs, but if this is a seven and nine, six and ten team. I am at a loss for how you continue to keep this front office and GM unless we're just going completely apathetic here and I'm going to turn to the Bruce Allen Redskins and let you know McCadden be the GM for a decade with no tangible progress. So hopefully he gets it right this offseason. The opportunity is there. The quarterback's there. Now it's just about building around him. All right. From at FAX Chris, do you think we blow our chances at getting either Bell or Brown? I don't think the Jets are going to be serious contenders for Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't really see them in the marketplace for that. I think, it, you know, the names we've heard Oakland, Tennessee, Washington, maybe San Francisco. I don't see the Jets being serious bidders there. With Bell, you guys know how I feel about it. I think it's a no brainer. Uh, the Jets can pay Bell $15 million a year and still have the second most cap space in the NFL. There's nobody else out there that precludes. Uh, them from signing him because they could sign Bell and address everything else that they need to. And I think it's a rare opportunity that they need to take advantage of and they need to aggressively go after him. And if he doesn't want to come here or they get, you know, beat out by a team with a much better situation currently, like the Colts, that's one thing. But go out there and take a legitimate swing at him and see if you can get something done. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Uh, from Yeezy at Sean Solorenzano. Let's say Kyler Murray does end up in Arizona, which does seem to be the buzz right now. Uh, what do you see the Jets doing with the third pick? Josh Allen still trade back? Well, we got to see if Bosa goes second. Uh, I guess there's still a chance potentially that another team could trade up for a quarterback or Quinn and Williams could go second. I think if Bosa's there, you take him. If not and you can't trade back, I think Josh Allen or Jonah Williams are reasonable picks. I could absolutely see them taking Quinn and Williams as well, and they've done this before uh, with a defensive line, and you got to hope that – he is just that good that he can make that much of an impact uh, immediately and from that position where the Jets don't miss out on having a dominant edge rusher. Um, question from Captain Jet Sparrow at Pirates Life 18. How could McCagnan get on your nice list? It's not really a complicated thing here. Uh, win more. Put together a better team. Find good players. Uh, that's it. I, if the Jets are good... I will say that they are good. I mean, that was the first few years, Leaf, when I was doing this website. If they're bad, I'm going to say they're bad, and I'm not going to go out of my way to rationalize every decision that they make until they show that they deserve the benefit of the doubt. So I see 14 and 34 the past three years. That's really bad. It's about, about as bad as it gets in the NFL. Uh, so 
if he goes out and has a really strong offseason and a really strong draft and the Jets make a lot of progress this year, I'm happy to praise him. I've praised McCagney's transactions before. Trading the Sheldon Richardson trade, the Teddy Bridgewater trade, trading up to number three, and ultimately taking Sam Darnold. Um, plenty of other moves that I'm happy to you know praise, but I'm also going to criticize the bad ones. And unfortunately, there's been more bad ones than good ones right now, which is why this roster is really Sam Darnold, Jamal Adams, and not much else with you know 100 million dollars in cap space. And cap space is whatever. You know, the job of the GM is to put together a competitive roster every year and win football games, not to sign a bunch of mediocre players and cut them one year later so you could always have cap flexibility. So it's not a complicated thing. Would like to root for and cover a good football team, and I'd like to see the page turn. Eight years is the third longest playoff drought in the NFL besides the Browns and the Bucks, and I think the Browns are going to have a real good chance to break that streak this year. And even the Bucks with Bruce Arians in the mix – uh, are going to be kind of intriguing. So hopefully the Jets don't end up being that team who's been the longest with the longest drought in the NFL without a playoff appearance. Uh, question from Ken Morasco: Giants offer their one-two Vernon and a 2023 for our number three. Are we taking that? First off, I don't think the Jets and Giants would trade with each other. I think they should trade with each other. I just think that their general managers and their ownerships are too outdated and stubborn what they're thinking to. There's no reason. These teams play each other once every four years. They're not actually like practical rivals. So if there's a trade to be done that's going to benefit both sides, they should do it. I think this package is similar to what we're talking about wanting to see the Jets do. Move down a few spots get a second round pick, get another future pick. And with Vernon, he's a guy they were interested in before 2016. I think he's somebody the Giants might just cut anyway. Uh, and if they do, he could be an interesting sort of second tier pass rush option if they strike out on some of the first tier guys. Uh, but this trade package, yeah, I think it's the example of a kind of the thing that the Jets are going to be looking for uh, to collect some assets and have more flexibility in how they improve their roster. Question from NY Jets Flight Crew. If Bell signs elsewhere, would you trade for Fournette, and what do you think he is worth? Uh, if Bell signs elsewhere, I think Tevin Coleman's a reasonable plan B. Uh, I think he does enough in the pass game where you pair him with some other type of option that's probably added through the NFL draft that will be a pretty tangible improvement over what they had last year. Think of him as like a really rich man's Elijah McGuire. I'm not crazy about Fournette. I just I worry about what he brings in the pass game and some of the issues he had in Jacksonville last year and him getting banged up. I, I just I, I don't know. Uh, he's not someone I would be overly anxious to trade for at this moment. Uh, you know, I think if they can't get Tevin Coleman, it gets kind of thin. I don't I don't want to pay Mark Ingram, who has one 1,000 yard year without Alvin Kamara, and he did that with Drew Brees and Sean Payton on his offense. And, you know, he's turning 30. I'd rather almost take a flyer on a guy like Mike Davis and see if he could thrive in a bigger, more consistent role. And then you see if you could address it in the NFL draft. You know, it's not really ideal, but, you know, that's why the Jets got to aggressively go for Bell. And if they can't get him, quickly pivot and see if they can lock down Tevin Coleman. Uh, and if not, then, you know, you're on to plan C and D. Uh, scrolling uh, from Rich Vergara. Uh, what would be considered a successful offseason for you? I think there's four main things that the Jets need to move the ball forward on this offseason. One, they need to add a top-tier offensive playmaker to help out Sam Darnold. So that can be trading for Antonio Brown or A.J. Green. That can be signing Le'Veon Bell. That can be 
trading down a few spots and taking a guy like Metcalf if they really think he could be the guy. Uh, but getting somebody at running back or receiver who's going to be a legitimate difference maker to help Sam Darnold. Finding two new starters on the offensive line I think is a must. So looking at Matt Paradis, Mitch Morse, Jonah Williams, Roger Saffold, uh, Daryl Williams, Trent Brown, Donovan Smith. There's some names out there. The Jets have to find a way to get their hands on at least two of them because their offensive line needs a ton of work. Uh, defensively, they have to add somebody they believe could be a double-digit sack guy in the front seven. So I don't know if that's Josh Allen. I don't know if it's Quentin Williams. I don't know if it's Bosa. I don't know if it's... Trey Flowers or Preston Smith or, to a lesser extent, Fowler. But the Jets have to make a big addition to that front seven. Uh, and then they have to do something at corner. I don't think you could just run it back with Tremaine Johnson, Morris Claiborne, and Buster Screen. I think that's going to be a real big problem with how Greg Williams plays defense. So maybe it's trading down and taking Greedy Williams. Maybe it's signing Steven Nelson or uh, Ronald Darby uh, to be a difference maker and replace Claiborne on the outside. Maybe it's signing Callahan to be their slot corner. Uh, they got to do some work to that position. If they could check those four boxes in some way, I think this will be a much better team that's competing for a wild card spot. If not a division, well, let's let's keep it at a wild card spot. I think that that's a successful off season. Um, question from Stephen Deertrick: If the Jets were to trade for Case Keenum, could it be similar to where the Browns traded for Osweiler and essentially purchased a draft pick? I, I, we've talked about this a little bit before, except with Blake Bortles instead of Keenum, where it's probably more realistic. And I think it's a creative way the Jets should look at adding a second-round pick. They're not going to be able to spend all their cap space this year. They have too much of it to spend. So you could eat a bad salary for one year and get yourself a second-round pick and get a capable backup quarterback while you're at it. Why not? I think it's a, really an interesting thing that they should consider doing. I don't know if it's going to happen with Keenum, but if not Keenum, maybe Bortles. So my hope is that you know just generally the Jets are – overturning every rock and being creative with ways to add more resources, add more assets and improve their roster. And I think this is a, you know, one way to potentially go about doing it. Um, from a Higgs, do you think now that Alex Collins was released, the Ravens are the front runner for bell? Uh, I'm sure Le'Veon bell would love to play for the Ravens and get to play Pittsburgh twice a year. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think if it's not the jets, Oakland, uh, Houston, maybe San Francisco. Uh, they'd have to do some cap gymnastics, but maybe Tampa Bay. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Colts really are completely out on him uh, or if they actually do get themselves in the mix. So we'll see how that shakes out, but I'm not necessarily sure the Ravens are, are going to put themselves in the mix. Uh, question from that damn guy, 94. Would you rather sign Bell at $15 million per or Coleman and Humphreys for a combined $16 million, 16 million per. Look, I like Coleman and Humphreys, but i got to go with Bell. There's only one guy there who's been an all-pro, never mind three times. So I think you sign Bell for $15 million, and they, you could go sign a guy like Jamison Crowder at it. You could probably, even, again, you could sign Bell and Humphreys. That's not going to be cost prohibitive. So I do like Humphreys a lot as a free agent option at receiver, uh, but I'm not scared about paying Bell $15 million a year, especially compared to paying like Coleman 9 or $10 million a year. I think... Coleman's a nice piece. I think Bell is on track to being a Hall of Fame player. There's a big gap there. Um, question from Pray for Jack. Over under on Jim Bob Cooter taking over at OC halfway through the season. I think Jim Bob was kind of a weird hire. I think it was like one of those, like, my buddy's out of a job. We have an opening, a running back coach. Let's just give him this job because he has nothing on his resume that points to him coaching running backs. 
I mean, I'd be more excited about him at offensive coordinator than Dowell Loggins. Now, I know Adam Gase is actually calling the plays, but to ask Adam Gase to be the head coach, the quarterback coach, and the offensive coordinator, challenging. So the offensive coordinator at this point, Loggins, is going to have a voice. I'd rather have Jim Bob Cooter have a bigger voice than him. Uh, not particularly crazy about either of them, but of the two, I, I, I would guess Jim Bob is a little preferable from a resume st- resume standpoint compared to what Loggins has done. Um, question from Robert Lee. Who's the most talented or most surprising player the Jets are going to let walk? Well, kind of the good, I guess kind of a good thing is the Jets don't have that many talented players who could walk. Their they're hand, small handful of talented players are all safely under contract. I was mildly surprised that they let Pinnell, Pierre Lewis, and Terrence Brooks walk. I mean, these guys are special teamers and you know backups to an extent, so you don't want to go crazy. But if you're standing in a 3-4, I don't know why you wouldn't keep Pinnell instead of McClendon. You had the top special teams unit in the NFL. Brooks led your team in special team snaps, and Pierre Lewis blocked two punts. And the Jets had only blocked, had not blocked a punt in five years, I think, prior to that. So I don't know why you wouldn't keep those guys around. Outside of that, I mean, not really. Maybe screen walks if they sign Callahan, which I think is a good thing. Uh, maybe they let Claiborne walk if they sign a different corner, which I think also is a good thing. I don't think Avery Williamson or Darren Lee are going anywhere. I don't think they're going to try to trade Leonard Williams. Um, offensively, you know, Jermaine Curse is going to walk, thank God. Maybe they end up cutting Crowell if they sign a guy like Bell or Coleman, which I don't think is a major loss. So I don't think there's anybody to be too afraid of getting snatched away. I think they'll do what they need to do to make sure that Roberts and Myers are back. There's no reason not to. Uh, they'll probably find a way to get Henry Anderson back. There's a few other people I'm sure that they're interested in making sure stay around from a depth standpoint, you know, Harrison and Dozier. Uh, but nobody who's really going to jump off the page or move the needle all that much. All right, one more question, and then we'll wrap it up. Let's see here from Josh Truver. What O-line pieces should the Jets target? You know, I think Parody, Smores, and Saffold are the first three names I'm looking at, and you can't be shy about throwing some serious money around at those guys. I also think they should be looking at the tackle market, and that includes guys like Darrell Williams and Trent Brown. There's no reason not to be aggressive there. We don't know how healthy Brandon Shell is going to be, and you want to continue to invest and tackle that. You know, Donovan Smith uh, is another name that they could look at. So there's there's some talent out there that will probably hit the market, and the Jets got to be real aggressive at making sure they have more depth and flexibility on their offensive line because what they have in place right now is is not enough. A uh, question from Julian Garrarde, chances to Jets sign Bell. It's impossible to really handicap. I mean, I think they're one of three or four teams who are seriously considerate. So, you know, what does that give them, a 25 30 35% chance? My hope is, again, that they're just aggressive and make a real offer. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I understand that they got, they got some things I got to overcome being as bad as they've been for so long. It's why Kirk Cousins didn't take their offer last year and just leverage them for more money. And Bell might do the same thing. And honestly, some other free agents might do the same thing. And until they turn around and show that they have a more stable infrastructure, that's going to happen. But I think they got a real shot. You know, they certainly have the money to make a real bid. So hopefully they're serious about it. All right, I'm going to wrap that up here. Again, we'll be back on Thursday with a new episode. Uh, We'll have a new article live later today if this runs Monday morning like I think it will. So thank you, everybody, for listening.